Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. In Ruth chapter 4, leading into this genealogy that we're going to study this weekend, uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the party at the city gate because it's going to set up an important teaching that we're going to observe in our sermon this weekend. There's this gathering of a crowd. That's deliberate. Right? That there are witnesses present. That's by Boaz's design, and it's also significant prophetically. Come back to the text with me, Ruth chapter 4, verse 9. Listen to this. Boaz said to the elders and all the people, You are witnesses today that I am buying from Naomi everything that belonged to Elimelech, Kilion, and Machlon. I have also acquired Ruth the Moabitess, Machlon's widow, as my wife, to perpetuate the deceased man's name on his property so that his name will not disappear among his relatives or from the gate of his hometown. You are witnesses today. Man, when somebody asks you a question about those difficult passages to understand, like Genesis 38, like Deuteronomy 25, the prescription for leveret marriage, would you show them this? Because wow, like it just comes roaring back in this beautiful, beautiful story of redemption with, with all the power of Boaz's words standing firmly upon all of those scriptures that we find odd. Now they suddenly become beautiful when you see them employed. All the people who were at the city gate, including the elders, said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is entering your house like Rachel and Leah, who together built the house of Israel. May you be powerful in Ephrathah, and may your name be well known in Bethlehem. May your house become like the house of Perez, the son Tamar bore to Judah, because of the offspring the Lord would give you by this young woman. We've already talked about Perez, and we went back to Genesis 38. All right, it's so funny, man. Like, there's a clear bridge from that really awkward text. Genesis 38 is one of the most awkward chapters in the entire Bible. And it gets referenced right here in the most beautiful love story of the whole Bible. That is redemptive. Show that. Use that. Employ that. When somebody tries to throw darts at you like the devil taking scripture out of context and eisegeting it, show them how it ultimately is fulfilled right here. I just wanted to talk about how this is proclaimed in view of the elders. In Deuteronomy 25, we see that this woman is able to make a proclamation in view of the elders, but now we see Boaz making a proclamation in view of the elders. They are there to spectate and observe and lend legitimacy to what is proclaimed. What is proclaimed becomes a matter of public record, and therefore it is permanent and it is binding forevermore, never to be forgotten. When Jesus, our Redeemer, in Revelation 5, takes the scroll with writing on both sides, sealed with seven seals. It is done so in view of the elders. And there are 24 of them in Revelation 25. It's an overabundance of elders, just like Boaz. And because it's proclaimed in view of these elders, their purpose is simply to observe, lend credence. They worship God. They get down. They lay their crowns at his feet. But their observation of what God has done provides accountability and record forevermore for it to always be remembered that we are redeemed. I'm grateful for the elders that observed and lent credence to the proclamation that Boaz made in Ruth 4, and I am forever grateful for the elders in the throne room of heaven who provide observance and accountability, lend credence, and forever, forevermore preserve what Jesus proclaims over you and me. It is lasting. It is permanent. See, I told you, this is more than just 
a sweet love story. Eternity is echoed right here in the events of this book.